Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. Do you know what this is? It's stimulating, mind-expanding, the in-thing. It's the hula hoop of the jet generation. Podcast1.com presents celebs, pop culture, fashion. No one gets to tell me not to curse. Oh, and some of that, too. This is Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. Now, here's Brandy Glanville. Okay, so, Will, uh, today we have the author Jenny Nordback coming in. I'm excited to meet her. Me too. Um, yeah, when I, I mean, I heard that she's a lot younger than we thought. Yeah. Right? That's you assume somebody in this line of work would, you know. Be older than me. Me. She, older than you, yeah. right? <laughs> right? Well, I guess we're going to talk to her pretty soon here and get the 411. I don't know what somebody's doing being a dominatrix at 20, but we'll find out. Yeah. I look forward to finding out. I love powerful women that aren't afraid to tell their story. And I like uh, to, when people can be openly talk about this in like a non-taboo type, type of way. Yeah, absolutely. We need to just, have that. Yeah. yeah. And not, we're not just picturing them all hookers. Right. Because <laughs> right. they're not. Right. Well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Um, how was your weekend? Uh, it was good. I went to uh, went to WonderCon down in Anaheim, and I was <gasps> right around the corner. From me? From you. Different I was, day. I was there on Friday. Right. I was there on Saturday at the Great Wolf Lodge. I drove by that on Friday. I remember thinking, like, that's a giant built. I was like, what's that cool place? Right. And then, that little be- lo and behold. Yeah. I was there. It's a nightmare. It is. You know what? I will say it was fun-ish. Okay. Um, it is a full bar. You can walk around with your drinks. Oh, that's, great. That's okay. always good. Yep. Right. But you walk in from the parking lot and that's your last moment in daylight. You will not see proper light because it's all enclosed. It's indoors and subterranean. And okay. there's a million kids and this giant wave pool and you can't find your kids. And I run a little highly anxious, as you know. Sure. So for me, it was just, I was having a little bit of claustrophobia mm-hmm. after a while and then when I couldn't find the kids, because there's also like tubes and water slides everywhere, you don't see your children. Right. And so we had we had four kids with us, and I was I was freaking out a little. I'm not gonna lie. Like TJ's like, "What are you doing?" I was running around the wave pool looking for Jake, and I was like, "Wait, no, that's I know I go, I know his head, I know his head." And he's like, "Calm down," and I could I couldn't relax. That's right. where the wine came in handy. Okay. But you know, by the next day, ready to go, okay. ready to leave. Just one day of. Of fun. That was all you need. And then you guys stayed over and left Sunday morning. We did. We left Sunday afternoon. We did. We did do the water slides again. Okay. Sunday. Um. I just. I will say. I think it's. It, it's good. Mm-hmm. They had. It was nice. Everything was lovely. I just. My fear is they didn't have a like a head count going into the pool area. Right. And it was a spring break. A lot of kids. Oh. When is it too many kids in the pool? And why aren't they counting? They don't and have if, the capacity. Or they do. They just disregard them. I don't know. This is my – This is my. I found – it's only been open for two years. Okay. And, you know, I'm a nervous Nelly. So, of course, my thought was going, has a kid ever drowned here? When right. is that going to happen? If it hasn't happened, is it going to be the first one? I'm here. Like, all of these things in my head. And DJ's like, dude, don't even say that out loud. I'm like, no, I, 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 this is a true concern of mine. Yeah. And so, no, nothing bad happened. Okay, but I, I just I think I'm a little bit too nervous sometimes. I, I understand. I think I would be the same. I don't have kids, but I can't. I don't like. I used to like water parks as a kid, and then I hit an age where I really can't be in them because it's hard <laughs> for me to look at the water, right? And all the bodies and right? the people and the different types of people, and I'm just <laughs> like, I don't. 
It's like a giant yeah. bath. And it we're is all a bath. I'm, I'm in everyone else's. It. It's like um, we're taking a bath in their sweat. Yeah. And pee. More than likely, there's pee. Lots of pee. They did clear the pool once. I think there was a pooper. Oh. Then you got to clear the pool. Okay. Um, literally, the wave pool there was like a hundred kids and adults in there. That's insane. And that's just this one area. And I, I was thinking, there's like three. I mean, I guess it's obviously safe. I just sure. for me and my brain. It just scares. I'm just a big scaredy cat, I think. I also have a weird thing about, like, what an ecological waste it is. Like, just the amount of water and I think they're reusing it. I think it's... I'm sure they when are, but it's shower, just like... I took a shower, I had a little chlorine smell on the water. <laughs> I was like, wait, that could be from the pool downstairs. Did a Band-Aid come out um, of the fossil? No, no, okay, no. Good. But Mace Jake's Band-Aid came off in the pool. Oh, see? Yeah. Oh, like, that can't. <laughs> it's not gross at all. I just can't all. do it. When yeah. I was a kid, I think that was the changing moment for me as I swam under water in a public pool with goggles and you got an ear infection or a bacterial infection? no no no. i just saw all the shit in the water yeah band-aids and stuff and i was like and hairs and i was just like i have well. to vacate <laughs> I get- <laughs> can't so when i have kids i'm sure they're gonna want to go I'll be like go ahead yeah go with your, I will sit go over with your here aunt and not get in yeah I, d- I was like not really ready to get in at all and then dj forced me to go on one giant water slide because he said i was being like crappy because right. i was like i'm not gonna go party pooper. Yeah, yeah apparently i was yeah um i didn't want to be in that water no. i i went on it once and i immediately rinsed off and was disgusted with myself <laughs> and i will say that when i put it on my social media that i was there uh-huh. that i said it was funnish and i'm like dumb wolf lodge uh. and people are like oh what why don't you like it it's too or too good for it i'm like no the walls are slowly closing in on me and it's a giant right. bacterial infection waiting to happen i wish i went inside yeah, I want to you see know why it's like dark, it's nice weird. though. I will okay. say it's it's like they have really nice. They have mini golf and bowling and all these like it's great. I'd be doing that all day. Yeah, exactly. I just stay out of the water. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. I, I'm okay. happy to have done Kids it. Kids had fun. That's really yes. what matters. No one got DJ got swimmers there, but other than that, oh, okay. no one got sick. Good. That I know of as of yet, and we're, we we're alive. No one drowned. Great. So that's it. That was our weekend. Okay. So you were at Comic Con doing God knows what. WonderCon dressed WonderCon. up as Superman, taking pictures with people. Oh my God! Yeah. You need to post that on our. Do we have like a proper link for our show? No. Like on the podcast, like a show page. Yeah. We have podcast one. Well, you need I to post send you a picture. Online, you can like a little it. Superman. Yeah, send me a picture. I'll text it to you. All right, you guys want to know what my producer looks like? <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is what I have to deal with on as the daily. Superman. Yes. My buddy lost a lot of weight, and he's been really into it. He lost like 250 pounds, and he's like finally feels comfortable to like he's been pretending he's a superhero. Yeah, <laughs> superhero. I'm here. And uh, so we have some fun doing it together. You know what? People uh, like it. Yeah, it's I like mean, going to Disneyland and seeing a mascot. Or what are they called? Or Character. like going to Hollywood Boulevard and seeing like a weird just a guy. lot, well, a lot less drunk, okay, and a lot less dirty, um, dirty and smelly. Mm-hmm. Most cosplayers are clean, okay, and they look presentable. And, and then they okay really think that they're actually that of... person. Correct. That's the that's yeah. The I don't part. go home at the end of the day and and still think I'm Superman. Well, eh, I was gonna say, I let's talk to your wife. I let's might. get on the phone. I might. That would be my dungeon fantasy. Oh. Well, I mean, you're fulfilling half of it just going to this <laughs> crazy things dressed in tights. Yep, exactly. So there you have it. All right, we'll get a picture of that ASAP. I really want one for okay, Friday. I'll send it to you. Okay. So it looks like our guest is here. We are going to take a minute and we will have Jenny in here in a quick second. We all know that not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high quality ingredients make a real difference. So it's important to know where your food comes from. For less than $10 per person per meal, 
Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-proportioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. And who doesn't love a home-cooked meal? Whether you're cooking for your kids or maybe it's a date night or you're trying to impress your parents because you couldn't cook before, this is a really good way to cheat your way to culinary stardom. You can choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never, ever get bored. You can customize your recipes each week based on your preferences. Blue Apron has several delivery options, so you can choose what fits your needs. And there's no weekly commitment. We all hate commitment. So you only get deliveries when you want them. So you're still in control. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-proportioned ingredients and can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. I will tell you, I cook all the time well. And one of the major things that's time-consuming is chopping up a certain, like a cup of this or like two teaspoons of butter, getting it out and just kind of sectioning all that out. It takes time. You are only getting what you need and you're using that whole amount in this Blue Apron package. So I feel like... That in itself is like so, so much easier, right? Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they will make it right. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free. That's three free meals with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash brandy, B-R-A-N-D-I. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. You want to fool everyone around you? You get this done, they're going to think you can do it all. And you know what? You can with Blue Apron. That's blueapron.com slash brandy. Get cooking today, people. Hey, everybody. I'm Heather Dubrow. And I'm Dr. Terry Dubrow. Every Friday, check out my podcast, Heather Dubrow's World. We also have a brand new show, The Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig Show, every Tuesday. So don't forget iTunes and Podcast One. Tune in to Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig on Tuesdays and Heather Dubrow's World every Friday. I'm sitting here with the very beautiful and young Jenny Nordback, and she is the new author of The Scarlet Letters, My Secret Year of Men in an L.A. Dungeon. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. I said earlier how young you look. I mean, you are very young to have had all this experience <laughs> I was reading about. I was like, cool, all right. Yeah. So basically, you've lived two separate lives. You kind of, you know, you were a, you ran a construction like company site for... For me- the medical industry or something? Yeah, I was on like a, a hospital construction site. That's crazy. By and day. By day. <laughs> and then by night, you were like the Hollywood dominatrix too, from everyone to like movie stars to businessmen. Yeah. And how you have to, okay, start us from the beginning. <laughs> how the hell did that happen? So I was just graduating from USC with, you know, $100,000 in student loans and absolutely no idea what I was doing with my life. I had a degree in archaeology, which is not, wow, that's not the most really get you anywhere here in the <laughs> in world, LA. unless you want to like, go, you know, go. go down that path, which I decided I didn't. So, you know, I'm kind of panicking about that at the same time as realizing like just sort of growing up and looking at my life and realizing I've been in this series of unsatisfying relationships where I've never really expressed myself. Right. Like I've just become whoever my partner wants me to be. So whatever they're interested in or into in the bedroom was... You kind of evolved into like whatever they wanted. I have girlfriends like that. It makes me crazy. So many women do it. I think some don't even realize they're doing it. That's the worst. That's that's them. They (laughs) just become a different person uh, with each partner. So I was doing that and had that revelatory but you moment. knew it yeah well I suddenly was like oh my god like what I've never really been authentic with a partner and like you know was totally unsatisfied in the bedroom and 
but I was like, it's not really their fault because I'm not speaking up for right. myself. So kind of started to question like, all right, well, if I was going to be honest, what am I really into? And knew it was kind of edgier stuff, but like, this is pre Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. Like, I was thinking that when I was reading it. I'm mainstream. like, this is kind of the opposite. Like, this is, yeah. it, it is we're from in a, a girl's perspective. Yeah, totally. We're in a different world now where like people have an awareness of right. that kind of stuff in BDSM and there's like, you know, it's part of the conversation in a way that it wasn't back then. Right. It was very, very hush hush upon, right? underworld. So when I went looking online, it was like, you know, at first I found weird Harry Potter BDSM fan fiction of like Dumbledore spanking Hermione and was like, this is not what I'm looking for. And then stumbled upon a working dungeon 10 miles from where I was living in LA. Just out of the blue, like you're yeah. on the internet and you come across this and it says, by the way, we have, we have a dungeon here. Come on over. When I didn't even know what a dungeon was. It was okay. this like, just my mind is exploding. Like, wait, what is this? You do what for money? Like it just, okay. it, you know, so yeah. I'm sort of starting to realize like, okay, this is a thing. And then I see the banner on the side of the page says, now hiring, no experience necessary. And it was like the universe calling my bluff. Like, you know, you yeah, want to figure it out. <laughs> Sink or swim. Yeah. How bad do you want an adventure? So, you know, I picked up the phone and called and set up a job interview and just kind of jumped off the deep end without really thinking about it that much. Now, do you think that this is another thing that just made you like, oh, that's interesting or, or something that you really, really always have thought about? I really, I had, it had never occurred to me to do no. it. Like, I, I don't think, I wish I had like written a little bit more right before I did it because I don't know what I would have told you Dominatrix did. Right. Like I didn't know. I was so vanilla. I thought like blowjobs and doggy style were kinky. Like, <laughs> I had never done <laughs> right, anything right, right. that was like in that world at all. So it was all pretty shocking when I first started doing it and then it just became normal and I don't know. Would I you say you got addicted to it in a way? Kind of. I mean, it's definitely thrilling. And I mean, I got addicted to that like excitement of every time you went into work, you didn't know what was going to be happen. coming your way. And um, I think also I really came to love like the the vulnerability that my clients were coming to me with that yeah. like, most of the time when you interact they have to trust with people, you. I mean, yeah, completely. That trust is absolutely it. You get addicted right. to that where like now I walk around and it's like everyone's kind of keeping me at yeah. arm's length. And it's hard. Trust is really up. difficult. I mean. And, you know, to just constantly be interacting with people where they're like exposing their deep, dark secrets to you is a rush. So, Especially when you, you know, like you are in charge and you have them, yeah. you know, bound and like you could literally take their life if you wanted to. Yeah. I mean, that that is the, the biggest form of trust, really. Yeah. And there's, like, a lot of people are, like, these movie stars and businessmen, and they don't get that. Like, they're so used to being the man and the powerful yeah. one. I feel like there is something sexy about a man that's willing to surrender over that power and, like, say, listen, I don't know exactly what thrills me, but let's figure it out. Yeah, totally. And I think that's sexy. Yeah. But it's also a little scary. Yeah. I mean, you could really hurt someone. Yeah, yeah. One, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, safety is such a big thing. And, I mean, that was part of it, like, because I was going in and had no idea what I was doing – you know, I walk in the door and I'm like, I'm a dominatrix. And they sort of pat me on the head. Like, sure. They lady. were like, okay, like, we'll teach you. But for now, no. Like, you, we can't send you in a room with a client. You're going to hurt someone. So I had to start as a submissive first. Oh. So you kind of learn by doing and having done to you. So, like, I was the one being tied up and spanked and all that kind of stuff. So, like, I mean, I think I didn't necessarily enjoy that because it's not where my preferences right. are. But... 
it was such a learning experience Part to like process. really get into the mindset and figure out like what people are doing wrong or like what messes with your head when you're in that situation or so I mean it was it was worth it. But. So this whole time you continue to keep your day job. Yeah. And no do you I have friends that have two different personas let's say. Yeah. I feel like they're a little confused. I would imagine you have lots of friends <laughs> yeah. with two different personas. I do. It's like okay. <laughs> um but I feel like I almost feel sorry for them in a way because yeah. I feel like wouldn't you just rather live 100 all the time like in your daily like and if that's what you love to do just go and do it and talk about it and be free with that like you're doing now obviously yeah I mean it was exhausting it's exhausting lying to people all the time and like keeping your lies straight and not getting caught in it and like not being able to really be honest with the people that you care about but at the same time like it that was not gonna fly at my job right you had no choice like right you know it but it is so liberating now to just have it on the table and like you know, there's nothing that anyone can bring up that I haven't already thrown They're like, out there. Listen, it's so, in the book. So. Yeah, this is me. This is what I've done. If you don't like it, you know, that's fine. So but. what made you decide to write a book about it? I think, I mean, I had always been a writer and, you know, it was just the story that was knocking at the inside of my head. Like, stop writing fiction. This is where the real story is. And I had just seen such crazy things that most people don't get to witness and those sides of people that they don't usually show the world. So I, it just felt like a story I needed to tell. And I felt like so many people could relate to it. And, you know, that maybe if I started the conversation, they would feel a little less ashamed to experiment. So now when you were doing it, what was the money like? I'm just curious because like you're going and you're getting paid to do this fun stuff. (laughs) It's, um, so a session costs about $200 an hour in that situation. Women who do it freelance can charge whatever they want. And sometimes the financial domination is a part of the fetish. So, you know, they're charging ridiculous amounts, but the, the girl ends up walking away with about half of that. So about a hundred bucks an hour. But in the beginning you weren't really making the money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, from the get go. Once you start, even then they're spanking you. Yeah. So you're making money for being a submissive. In the wrong business. So, and I mean, as a 22 year old straight out of school, just trying to make ends meet and pay rent in LA, that's a lot of money. It's very brave of you though. You know, I I mean, mean, 22 is so young. Yeah. And then to put yourself out there and to be put in these situations. I mean, what if you went to this dungeon and it was a bunch of crazies and they kept you down there forever? That could have happened. My, I, <laughs> so I didn't but... tell anyone initially, but I felt like I had to tell my roommate for that reason. Just in case. I feel like it's sort of when people go on like Tinder dates and stuff yeah. now, they're like, what if he's an axe murderer? Right? So I felt like someone needed to know One person. where I was and what yes. I was doing. And of course, she's like, you're insane. You're going to do what? But... Yeah, I mean, it, it ended up being okay. But. So what do you, what do you, are you sexually satisfied now? Or are you still into it? Like, what are you doing at this point? I mean, at this very point, I have an almost 18-month-old. So <gasps> I'm having parent sex. Like, we're wow, just that's getting not a it. Lot. That's not a can, lot. Yeah, <laughs> squeezing it in wherever we can fit it in and, like, listening for the baby. So there's wow. not a lot of, like, kink in my life at the moment. Right. But, I mean, I'm having said that, definitely still sexually satisfied. I've found a phenomenal partner who like now was your partner into the fact that you like the whole kink and he's all about that at the beginning no I mean he isn't he wasn't a client first of all because everyone asked that so that's not how we met and I mean I think he he's not into like the more gimmicky sides of it of like you know he doesn't have to be in like a leather apron holding a whip or whatever but um he's just this like very powerful confident intense man who like brings that to the bedroom and that's really exciting that is like because you're used to being the one in charge yeah and he's I think really the only man who's kind of made me 
He's definitely dominant to me, which is interesting because now I you're the girl. You kind of took yeah. that other role on, and he now he makes me you be a girl. A girl. Yeah, that's and that's very sexy. He's like alpha to my alpha, and lets me be everything that I am, but still kind of has that power over me. And it's very hard to find. Yeah, yes, he's amazing. Well, that's good. And you guys have an 18 month old now. Yeah. What do you think down the road? <laughs> well, listen, I've written books too, so <laughs> right. I, my kids. I'm like, well, they're gonna know at some point. Yeah. So what are you? What are you thinking? What are you? How are you gonna explain this to your your baby? I don't know. I mean, I think he's so young now yeah. that I feel like by the time he's old enough to really understand any of it, it'll sort of have settled down into just like a thing that I did at some point. And I would like to think that I'll raise an open-minded, centered enough right. child that, you know, he'll take it in stride. But I mean, at that maybe, point, they'll probably be like learning about, about it, like, it in kindergarten because everything's on the internet. Right. Like, okay, guys, yeah, this is what some people do. <laughs> I find that like at this point, it's really hard to shock the kids yeah. because they've seen everything and they know Funny. everything because of the internet. So I think we're all pretty much okay at this point. Not much that we can talk about that people don't yeah. accept it some point Which in some ways is sad like you want them to have their innocence but then you know they're what, also going to be super open-minded yeah like, you have to give them the knowledge yeah. they know they only see what they see out there and then you have to like say okay let's talk about it and this is what it really is and not yeah. just this thing you saw on youtube or porn hub or wherever yeah. the hell you're looking yeah Kidding. i don't i don't know that he's looking on porn hub <laughs> um but yeah no i mean i think that as a woman so young getting into that does it make you feel like I don't want to say – obviously, you're not ashamed of it because yeah. you, you have it in a book. But does it ever make you kind of regret doing it or are you fully happy that you went there? And um, I'm totally happy that I went there. I'm, I'm really happy with what I learned and saw and experienced and I'm not ashamed of anything that I did. I think some girls, you know, for whatever reason, cross a line and struggle with that later or – end up going down the path of like drug addiction yeah. or you know it it goes down a dark a road and I think a little further because it was a positive experience for me and I didn't fall down any of those holes it's right. a little bit easier for me to reflect back on it but yeah I mean yeah I don't know any of it how much do you love your fur babies that's right I'm talking about your doggies let's be real they're like people to us they're family they just have a furry body and just as you want the best for your real babies, you always want the best for your pooch too, right? Well, then you need to check out BarkBox. Every month, BarkBox paw picks the best all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. I have a little chihuahua that's a heavy chewer. Heavy chewer. Like, he's crazy. BarkBox is a great way to try a variety of treats and toys from local and small businesses that you may not otherwise be able to find. So we're supporting the community and small businesses, keep it in America. That's great. Each monthly box is themed like Country Fair, Bark Ball, Poo York City, <laughs> Brooklyn Hipster, and new and unique toys continue to keep dogs engaged, interested, and above all else, happy. Scouts Honor, if your dog does not like something in the box, we'll send you something they'll love for free because we're all about the dog's happiness. You'll get free shipping on any bark box within the continental U.S. So when your dog falls in rope with something from the box, you can easily find it again on BarkShop.com, our app, or just by texting us. I'm going to text them, I think. I've never texted a box bark company. Bark box, wait for my text. They're a little bit inappropriate, so I hope you can handle it. So go to getbarkbox.com slash brandy to sign up and get a free extra month of BarkBox when you use my unique URL. 
it's unique because it's my name. That's getbarkbox.com slash brandy. So what's the number one thing that guys did you mostly did guys right you mostly have like men yeah occasionally women and sometimes couples but for the most part it's men now what was like the number one like thing that they wanted to have done um it definitely falls into like big categories so lots of like foot guys lots of men with foot fetishes who just want to like give you a foot rub so that's one where you're like that's easy getting paid for this and then i mean a whole range of like Corporal punishment, so guys who want to be spanked and caned and flogged and whatever. And caned? What is that? You have to tell me. I don't know. Um, it's it's like a stick, basically. It's a rattan cane, so it's sort of a whippy. It's right. really painful, and it sort of strikes in a straight line, and you can kind of leave marks with it. But um, it's it's intense. But <laughs> so guys who are into kind of corporal punishment, and then I mean anything from like. Guys who want to be forced to pretend to be dogs or humiliated or um, hypnosis is a big thing, like mind control versus being physically bound. Um, But, I mean, guys come with just, like, the wildest, most specific fantasies. What's the wild? What would you think is the wildest? I had a guy who (laughs) – it's I think because it's so specific and weird, it always comes up for me, but he wanted to do foot dentistry. So his fantasy was that he was a dentist and that you were terrified of the dentist and he was doing dentistry on you, but he was pretending that your feet, your, like your toes were teeth. So it was like a foot <laughs> fetish wrapped in with like this medical dental Oral thing situation. and then like this whole fear thing. And he like had dental implements and would like pretend he was filling cavities and doing root canals on your toes. And it, I always found that one kind of that interesting. Is a little, I funny. mean, that's odd. Like, how do those get crossed? I mean, I guess it, like a lot of like, foot fetish, like you're putting t- like feet in your mouth, so there's yeah. that oral, oral fetish too. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want anyone's feet near my mouth right. at all. No, keep your bunions on your side. I'm not feeling <laughs> it. I mean, I have bunions too, so you're not sucking my toes. I'm like, right. you know, and I wear flip flops all the time, so it's gross. But I, I just now, did you have to? Did you have to do, or did, were you allowed to do anything like like that would penetrate an orifice? Yeah, I mean that's probably <laughs> an important distinction. Is, is so in the dungeon where I worked, and I think in some others it's it's a little bit different. But where I worked, like no sex, oh, okay. so no sex, no traditional sex acts, so hand jobs and blowjobs and whatever are off the table. No penetration of any kind, and no exchange of bodily fluids. Oh, that's good. So like. You know, that's why they call it a sex dungeon, but it's that really always not. makes me laugh because sex is one of the few things that's not allowed right. there. <laughs> like anything else goes, but no sex. Yeah, so. I, I got this over the weekend, like I said, and I started to read it, but yeah. I couldn't have the kids. So I look forward to reading it. I mean, I'm, I'm, so a friend of mine, well, a guy that I was dating a while back, he wanted me to take a class on bondage Yeah, at the Kiki Montparnasse. There's a class that okay. you can take. And I just felt, I mean, I was happy to do it. I, tr- I didn't end up doing it. Yeah. I just thought, like, can't I? Can't we just look it up and I can tie you up and do whatever? <laughs> like, is bondage like, is hard. Is it? Yeah, it's. I never got to where I felt like I was an expert with rope. I was kind of got a little. Does it have tangled. to be rope, or can't you just get some duct tape? I mean, you could get duct tape, but it's gonna. That's a, a thing on its own. It's gonna hurt coming off. And, well, they have I mean, that you plastic do, tape now. You know, the pink. I have. Some. You've got yeah bondage <laughs> yes. tape, or I mean, you can do just like wrist cuffs to keep it simple. So yeah, you don't have to get super into rope. I think. Rope is its own fetish. Shabari is what it's called when you do, like, elaborate rope binds. And I always struggled with it. I just couldn't ever seem to keep it Right. It's like straight. a Boy Scout thing. It's like, dude, like, 
Yeah, so <laughs> I just I learned like simple, useful knots that I could get them in and out of quickly, but always struggled if they wanted something elaborate. But yeah, I mean, you can definitely. There are a lot of good classes out there now. Like, right. I mean, there weren't when I started right. doing it, so this was the way that I decided to learn. But yeah, now there's such a great supportive community that you can tap into. Really, I mean, everything's more acceptable now. I mean, how is your family reacting to all of this? Surprisingly well. It's Good. I laugh at myself because I was so terrified the entire time I was doing it that one of them was going to find out. And then, you know, when I do finally tell them, they're like, okay with it and supportive. And I think it helped that I didn't tell them and while I was doing it. Right. So especially as parents, it's like, this is something that I've done and they can see that I'm happy and normal, you know, (laughs) have, yeah, I like, I'm in a good place. They don't have to worry about those other paths that we talked about. So that definitely made it easier. I don't know how they would have felt about it if I'd been like, Hey, I got to go to work later. But I mean, they've been supportive of that, and they've been really supportive of me telling the story publicly, like not just having done it, but putting it out there. So now you said you had to change a lot of names in yeah. in this. Um, yeah. Is there? And obviously, you can't tell us for legal reasons, but is did you actually get to like like tie up a movie star? Yeah, I had one more than one. I had one like mega famous like you would know him right kind of guy i want to know i want to know you and everyone else Ah! um and then i mean other people that are were kind of in the industry but would be less visually recognizable right does his name start with an r i can't tell you anything (laughs) (laughs) i I practice in the mirror like keep my straight face but um no, I don't want you to get sued. That would suck. Yeah. And well, and it's just, I think that would be so wrong. Like, it, yeah. That, yeah. Someone asked me the I other kiss day, and tell like, all the time. I mean, I've gotten better <laughs> at it at this point because like, people get real pissed now, I realize. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, yeah, I had sex with that person. And they're like, oh, wait, maybe now yeah. I don't say that so much. Yeah. But I feel like this is kind of a level up from that. Like, yeah. It, well, I this think I'd be mean, exposing yeah. like a whole foot other... dentistry. Yeah, he was not foot dentistry guy, but he was into some pretty kinky stuff. So now, were you like, did you use nipple clamps and all of that, and like uh, the ball in the mouth? What is that called? Ball gag. I can't. I can't. That whole thing. No. I watch it. I'm like, I would. I would really die because I'd gag. I would throw up in my mouth and probably gag on it. I mean, I think kind of entry level gags. Ball gags are like small enough that it's comfortable and you don't freak out and you can breathe around it and like it's it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the bigger ones definitely get really intense and I was kind of freaked out. I'd be like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And it was like, no, just breathe through your nose. You're okay. But Did you get to wear like special outfits and like, yeah, that was probably that one of the, was, most, fun the most fun parts. Part. Like my costume bag just slowly grew the longer I worked there. And yeah, cause I mean, guys just come up with the wildest stuff, anything from Did like, they have to buy it for you? Sometimes they would like bring it in for That's you, so and then other times you would have your like utilitarian sort of standard, like you know, naughty school teacher costume or nun costume or schoolgirl or none. whatever it was. None is a big thing, really. Yeah, I guess all those guys. Yeah, I guess like Catholic school guys. Yeah, just the very like severe, that virginal, like, no one ever touched her kind of thing. Yeah, so you you had your kind of utilitarian normal ones that you would turn to for sort of standard sessions, and then. Guys would come in with something and be like, I need you to wear this. And you'd be like, okay. Oh, that's, I think that would be the best part of it is just getting like dressed up and do your hair and makeup yeah. and just like acting out like maybe sexual fantasies, but not 100% having to go there. Yeah. Were they naked though? Could you see their Sometimes, stuff? Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Not all of them, but a good percentage of them were 
were naked. So what if they got an erection while you were doing what you were doing and then they ejaculated and you couldn't have body fluids exchanged, but it was on the ground or something? I mean, that definitely happened. Right. So that's so a, like, I'm not going to stop you, but like, <laughs> right. if, if that's what you Because otherwise, do, how then... do you, I mean, if you're there because it's a fetish and it turns you on, right. how do you control that? Yeah. I mean, I think some of them were definitely finishing and I mean, they would try to kind of do it politely, like on right. the towel and whatever. Some of them, some of them <laughs> not some so really much know. where it's yeah. like, lick it up. But <laughs> um, yeah, so that it, it happened. But That's good though, because a lot of guys in this town have serious cum problems and they probably need to go to you to get that <laughs> fixed so they could act out what they really wanted to do with their girlfriend in the bedroom, but they were afraid to do it. Yeah. Because there's some cum fucking problems in this town. Really? Yeah, a lot. I haven't seen as much, but probably yeah. because they're actually being honest. They're probably with you. Down, they were in this yeah. dungeon with you, and they were like, had their like. Did any of them say that they couldn't tell this to their girlfriend, and that's why oh, they yeah. came? Yeah, so many. Their wives or girlfriends. But or why don't they just? If they trust the person, why don't they just say, "Listen, this is odd, but this is what gets me off and turns me on." I, think, I know it's not. I mean, I mean, I think I would like to think we're maybe getting into a world where they're doing it more. But yeah. I think part of it is like just this fear that you know you've been married for 10 years and you've never told them and you're suddenly going to come out with them and once or come out with it and once you've said it you can't unsay it so if they reject you for it or judge you for it or whatever you can't go back to where your marriage was before but do you would you consider that cheating then if they're getting off and they're in the sexual situation not with you but on their part yeah, I mean, I think if they're being deceitful and yeah. doing it without telling their partner, and yeah, I, I definitely think that's infidelity. And it's funny how differently yeah. I look at it now. Right. You know, at 22, when I just, I you knew nothing. wasn't I mean, married, right. I just hadn't, I was in an open relationship that we were exploring at the time, so I was just in this completely different headspace, and now married with a kid and whatever, right, it's like, perspective. there's, I know now what was at stake for them, and you know, what they were choosing to, like, the right. path that they were going down. So it's funny how different that well, looks yeah. through the lens now. But I mean, I think it's sad that people can go through their whole marriage without ever revealing that side of themselves to their partner. I wouldn't. I just, they're repressing right? it and, you know, that they're never they're, really I, satisfied. Then you're, like, and, you're feeling like you're doing something wrong when it's not wrong. Right. But you're like self-shaming. Yeah. Just because you have these, these ideas of what turns you on. One – like now I sort of picture their wife was at home thinking that like she wasn't sexy or that she wasn't fulfilling or you know and it really had nothing to do with her it was that he wasn't being honest about what he wanted right so but I think women are guilty of it too absolutely you know we just sort of go along with whatever the guy wants and don't stop to speak up and we're faking orgasms relationship chameleons we turn into the person we're with like you said you did before so I don't, but I think women are less likely to be the one that's going to the dungeon to, to have that well, fulfilled. we're just better so. people. <laughs> girls rule the world for a reason. No, um, I just think girls can like, we're just stronger. That's it. Really yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, guys kind of, they just, they live their life through their pants and their penis a little bit. Well, I have my producers like, no, but it's true. Is he really shaking his mm-hmm. head? Not, not, well, not me. Everybody well, else. Yes. Not me. Just no. not, just not <laughs> yeah. Will. Yeah. Sure will. No, there is like a good 10% of guys that I think don't act. They're not react reactionary. Is that the right word? When it just comes to like, if a beautiful girl walks in the room, everyone's going to look. Right. But it's if you get her alone, what you do in that moment, if you could say right. no, or you're like, oh, shit, like this guy's saying yes down yeah. here. So I just got to go with it. It's those choices. Exactly. That, yeah. really, and I think women are a little bit better at those choices. Well, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Have you had a choice like that? Yeah, but I never do it. 
because I consider well, myself so a quality so individual. A yeah, don't <laughs> be an asshole. I don't know. Which is when you meet people and you're out. Look, just put me on the spot here. <laughs> He's got a wife. So I'm one of the few. I just like to get him in trouble because right? she listens. She's like, oh, that brandy is evil. Yeah. No. So would you like to see this book made into a movie at some point? Because it would be nice to see it from a female dominatrix, like that perspective, rather than yeah. it's always got to be the dude and it's all on him. Oh, I would love that. I think we need more sex positivity yeah. coming from women. And I think I probably even more than a movie see it as TV. Really? It's sort of Orange is the New Black set in a dungeon. Nice. Um, where you can really dive into the different personalities that come there and what their different motivations are and where they all are in like their lives. Like reality-based? And- like, or more of like... Um- a story where you would follow Scripted. you, yeah, like you would follow I you mean, during I, the day because that would be sexy. Like, yeah, okay, she's got two personas because I watched a couple of those kind of movies and I or TV things, and I really liked them. Like, you watch this yeah. girl like during the day she's a college student, and then she's a mistress, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, you can kind of. It's well, very I think sexy. it lets you go on that journey with the character too, yeah. where like as an audience you can kind of start to be more open minded and explore along with them because I mean. I think that's something that I struggle with because people just assume like that I'm where I am now with it all. And I'm like, no, I was you once upon a time. Like I was terrified and shocked and had no idea what any of this was. So yeah, I think it would be fun to, to do it as TV. You have to write it as screenplay, right? Working on it. Are you? (laughs) Yeah. Good job. Um, So we're, that's definitely something that we're pursuing at the moment. So what made you decide to write the book? Like why a book specifically or just in general? I, I mean, I, I think I've always wanted to write, so it, it was just the first book. I'm sort of three quarters of the way through my second book now. So, so we have to go back to being a dominatrix to finish it? No, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, no. Um, it's I'm definitely falling back on the the dominatrix experience for it, but it's fiction this time. So oh, good. It's it's funny how much easier that is than having to like expose your own flaws and decisions and. Like, you can just decide that the characters are going to do something else. So. No, for sure. It's easier to write about other people, too. And if you make up a story, yeah. when you're, you're talking about yourself, you're like, oh, am I going to get judged? Is yeah. people going to look at me this way or that way? When you're speaking about a character, it's so much easier to make them do all the things that you know you did. Yeah. But you're not going to tell anyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's fiction, I it's swear. fiction, I promise. Yeah. But, I mean, listen, I think we can – I don't know. I like living vicariously through fictional characters. Like when yeah. you're writing, it's so much easier. Yeah. You're not, you're not so like gut, you know, not in my stomach kind of situation. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here. Thank Where can we you. find your book? It's available pretty much anywhere books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, IndieBound. And is it available now? It comes out. It will be by the time you release this. Oh, so. Friday? It's available. Nice. It's, it comes out tomorrow. So. Oh, yay. Who are, who's your publisher? St. Martin's Press. Oh, nice. I'm excited for you. This is a beautiful book. You guys definitely go out and get this Thank book. You. I can't wait to really get into it and read it when I know that I have a kid-free week. Yeah. And because, you know, I get turned on by this stuff. And I might need to take up like a vibrator timeout. Awesome. I have heard that that has happened to people. Yeah, so. I just need to get some more C batteries because yeah. I'm out. Well, do it ahead of time so that you don't end up <laughs> right. Right, that's true. In a in a pinch, right? So. Well, tell us where we can find you on social media. Do you partake in that? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and it's just Jenny Nordback for all three of them. N O R D B A K. Yeah, nice. Well, I wish you luck with this. I know Thank how like, cathartic this can be, but also how I'm hard sure. it is once it's out there for everyone reading it and your family. And luckily, your family is yeah. fine with it. Yeah. But I will definitely be getting into this, and I want you to sign this for me before I, you go. I definitely will. All right. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for having me here. on. You know what? Well, there's something about TrueCar a lot of people just don't know. Using TrueCar, you can also find a used car to buy. 
In fact, there are over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. Whether you are looking to buy a new or used car, you can get upfront pricing, information that empowers, discounts off the list price for used cars, and better buying experience through our True Car Certified Dealer Network. There are over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles. I did say that before, but they are all there, and they're available from the True Car Certified Dealers Network nationwide. You'll see what other people paid for the car you want so you can know what a fair price is and feel confident when buying. But you can't know unless you join the True Car Certified Dealer Network. You're not getting the info unless you're part of the crew. That's true, right? So with True Car, you can connect with real local certified dealers of your choosing so you can enjoy a quick, easy buying experience. Using True Car, you can easily find the new or used car that you want and feel special because they let you into their network. When you're ready to buy our newer used cars, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And just remember that some features are not available in all states. Wow, that was that was really cool and like interesting, and I not it, I thought it was going to be like more dirty, but it wasn't. It was very no. interesting. So see, I am happy that she made the distinction, and I think it's important that people know like there's no penetration. Right, there's I needed no to know that because I was like in my mind, right. I was like, oh, gross, yeah. But, but no, uh, no, that's one of the things that you can't do. That is, I know, and I was thinking about that. It's like that would change it into straight up something else. Yes. I but, guess that's technically prostitution, right? If you're paying for sex, I, I don't know. I don't know what the loopholes are. I don't know if there's. I don't know either. Because <laughs> porn is technically not not prostitution. Because they're getting paid to get filmed to perform. I don't understand. I think it's a performance situation. Okay. okay. I don't know. I think we should all get paid for sex. We should. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's it. All right. Great show. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. Download new episodes at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Hey, this is Richard Marks, the host of Song Talks right here on Podcast One. Listen right now to my interview with Jane Lynch. A- acapella mm-hmm. in this most beautiful arrangement. It was just. By the way, thank you for saying acapella and not acapello. Or, or avocado, somebody asked me once. Can you do that avocado? <laughs> Check out Song Talks every Wednesday at podcastone.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe at iTunes.